Hello and welcome to The Retirement Gym. This is the podcast series that aims to help you make good retirement decisions in the lead up to retirement and how to spend your money in retirement. My name is Roy Thompson. I head up MHA Carpenter Box Wealth Management. We're a firm of independent financial advisors and a lot of the work that we do is around the area of retirement planning. Today, I've got with me David Cook. David is an investment manager and a partner at Saltus Investment Management. Uh, He's got a degree out of Oxford University and has spent time working at Goldman Sachs and Kleinwern Benson, significant names in the investment management industry, and then the last 10 years uh, involved in the ownership and running of Saltus Investment Management. Uh, In one of our earlier series on the podcast, we looked at the notion of budgeting for retirement, uh, helping people uh, understand the importance of really providing a goal. What are we aiming for by way of an income? The reason I want to speak to David today is to really start to talk about uh, the amount of money that we might need to generate an income. So i.e. what sort of returns could we expect uh, on invested money? The importance of considering the right level of investment risk to take with our own retirement plans uh, and a little bit to do with future looking, what's going to happen in the future uh, in the investment world. Uh, So hopefully the podcast will be useful and interesting for you. Uh, So without further ado, I'll hand over to David. So hello, David. Um, Thanks very much for for coming on the show. Hello, Roy. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. So still struggling slightly with the notion of uh, Zoom calls rather than face-to-face calls. But thank you for taking the time. I think you're uh, you're calling in from Scotland and I'm on the south coast. So we've got pretty much the biggest geography we can get in in the UK. Um, And it looks like... It looks like you've got more sun than we do. Yeah, uh, sun's shining through here. So, uh, although you look very tan, so uh, I have to yeah. say uh, uh, more so than me. So, so David, uh, as I say, thanks for coming on. We were looking really to talk. We've done a previous session on the podcast uh, looking at budgeting for retirement. Yes, uh, is something that I think people really should be focusing on as as a, as a priority. Um, having done that and understood what people might want to be achieving by way of a regular income. The next obvious question is how much money do I need to be able to achieve that sort of level of income? Yes. Which is really a big question because if we were to leave money just in a bank account, where at the moment interest rates are pretty much nothing, uh, we would need an extraordinary amount of money to, to create anything. Yes. So, have you, uh, in your line of work as an investment manager, how would you view it if you look at uh, investment opportunities that are out there? Well, the first thing I'd say is um, that we, 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 we know we live in unusual times um, because of what's, what's happening and how we're working at the moment. If you looked at the asset markets, be they stocks or bonds, foreign exchange commodities, I think that most people will get one hell of a shock because these are very unusual times indeed. It, the answer to your question is of, of what one could reasonably expect to earn in retirement or generate returns it depends an awful lot on what you start with. And part of that is how much you've saved already. And part of that is the expected returns that are available now, today. And... Yeah. Well, let, let, let's play a little game. I mean, what, what do you think? The, the risk-free rate, a good, you know, a starting point for all investment is something called the risk-free rate, which is normally a, a government bond. So 
the UK government will lend you money. Well, sorry, you, you, you know, you, we'll, we'll pay interest rate on, on money lent to it on various periods. And if we thought, if we looked right here, right now, and say for two years, what is our government going to pay us uh, as an interest rate? What, what would Pretty you much. say? Pretty much. It's actually negative. I mean, that's quite a hard concept for anybody listening, or you or me, to get our heads around. It's we will pay money. We will pay for the privilege of lending to the government. You don't actually get yeah. money paid to you. It's all the way around. And that's that's weird. And then as as you say, if you go out five years, the 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 current yield on government securities in our country is is zero. And yeah, elsewhere yeah. It, it's negative. So the starting point is really distorted and that, that makes it quite hard. And how far away from norms is that, David? So uh, if we went back 10 years, say, how far away is that? I I, it, I think you might remember, Roy, when we did a, a client day and I brought some graphs along. I bought a graph of real the level of real interest rates in the world going back to 3000 BC. So if you, so basically the entire civilised human history this is what phds at the bank of england do when they've got time on their hands and we're at the lowest ever level of interest rates shorter term interest rates that we've ever seen in five thousand years so Um, in english that you know with those with those exceedingly low interest rates and that concept in the background the, the, the the bare truth of it is in the current environment if you wanted to secure a level of income of let's say two and a half thousand pound on a monthly basis you need a lot more capital than you would have done 10, 15 years away. And, of course, um, we can, you know, that that's because interest rates are, are, are so low or, in fact, nothing, as you de- declared that. Absolutely. And if you want to earn a return, you're inevitably forced to take on some risk because your starting yeah. point at risk-free is, is, is zero or negative. And I suppose yeah. the name of the game and what we try and do as portfolio managers is, well, you, you will work out with your clients how much risk they feel comfortable with, and then we're given that budget, and then we do our best with that risk budget to maximise the returns. But yeah. it is it is like a, a, a statement of fact to say you want to get a positive return at the moment, you have to take some investment risk. Yeah, uh, and that's a, an interesting fact, isn't it? Because uh, a lot of people that we might see are adverse to risk and they're very concerned about risk, and especially if you look at what's happened with what you're calling risk assets, but i.e. the, you know, for example, the FTSE 100 over the course of the last, you know, through yeah. March, where we saw falls of some 30, 35%. Yeah. The concept of taking risk, that can seem, you know, that can seem like a challenging thing to take on. But I guess if you factor in things like inflation, getting 0% or nothing by way of a return, yeah. actually you're already taking a risk because next to inflation, your money is being eroded over time anyway. That, that, that's a really good point. If you, if you look back the last 10 years in, in the UK, inflation would have taken 20% out of your purchasing power. And yeah. the, the, the FTSE, until about a, you know, a month or so ago, the, the capital growth you would have got from UK equities would have been zero. So yeah. even when you take large amounts of risk, let's say by investing in stocks, you don't necessarily generate the return because they're volatile. Uh, that is enough to beat inflation. So it, it gets tricky. And, 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 and what, it, what it comes down to at the end of the day is 
you, you can start and decide as an individual when talking with, with you know people like yourself under advice that maybe you're just happy to not take any risk and sleep at night and, and not run the chance of getting a negative number in, in your savings. And that's absolutely fine. And there are plenty of people that do that. You accept zero and just let inflation quietly eat away. That's that's perfectly fine. Most people are able and willing to take some kind of risk. And if we, yes. the trick is to take it in as many different places as possible and in a controlled manner. So if we just relied on the FTSE, let's say, for our returns, we could have ended up with nothing over 10 years, despite taking quite a lot of risk. So the, yeah. the key is, as everybody knows from common sense, is to diversify your, yeah. you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket and spread it as, as, as widely as you can. Yeah. So, so diversification, taking that point, what you mean by that is investing money into, yeah, not just stocks and shares, government bonds, yep. property, commodities, as big a range of different things. And some of those words would sound quite frightening to listeners. They would sound like quite, you know, maybe potentially higher risk, yes. which individually they are. But when they're put together as part of a jigsaw, for want of a better expression, you start to get something that's more balanced in its approach and, and, and gives you a reasonable chance of, of defeating that, uh, that, that net negative, short-term negative rate that you would get just by leaving money in cash, negative yeah. things. You're, you're absolutely right. If you blend lots of different investments together, the thing about these investments is they don't move at the same speed at the same time. And, yeah. and, they, and they often and, and regularly move in opposite directions. So you can yeah. put together a blend of risks that, you know, overall will be a lot smoother than owning just one or two things individually. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, a, a multi-layered approach, very, very sensible. So if we were, if we were taking that multi-layered approach... Um, and, you know, within that, I guess we can take different levels of risk. So even if we took something that was fairly cautious, yes. so it would have multi-layers to it, but it would still focus more on slightly more cautious assets, maybe government loans, loans to large corporates, that sort of thing. It, 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 exactly. You build it up according to the risk budget. Some people are happy, you know, to take a lot of risk and some people less so. It is, I suppose that the, the, the real point is you've got to be, when you go into an investment portfolio, its aim is to generate returns to help you live well, but it can also generate losses. So you've got to get your starting point correct, how much risk you can take and what your time horizons are. And it is possible to move um, a little bit away from risk-free, which gives you nothing, into other assets like the bonds or loans of large companies that are safe that will give you a positive return. And if we on our own calculations, if you were super, super cautious and didn't want to take an awful lot of risk more than what government bonds can get you, you can still get a couple of percent, or two, yes. two and a half percent as you know, a, a, an expected gross return. So you can creep a little bit away. You, know, you can still hang on to the side of the swimming pool, if you like, and let yourself go a little bit and get a positive return. Uh, the okay. trick is so to not 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 swim out too far beyond where you get comfortable. Yeah, and I guess there's a couple of things within that you always describe to me, which I think is a good analogy. It's a bit like how wide do you want your train tracks. So yeah. if you're if you're very very cautious, you've got very narrow train tracks. So you're restricting the amount that you 
potentially could get by way of return, but you're restricting those losses. Whereas if you are willing to take more risk, you're widening those train tracks so that the outcomes just are, that there's a bigger variable to those outcomes. Yes. And I think what matters for everybody is when you talk about risk, what, we're, what we really mean is what are the chances of a permanent loss of money? And that's slightly yeah. different from portfolios moving up and down in between tram lines, because everybody yeah. knows things move up and down. That's fine. There is a level of volatility that people are prepared to accept. But what we've got to do as managers is, is make sure that in difficult times that, that there is no permanent loss to the money that you've got. And there's always a chance to uh, recover losses and grow. And that's why it's so important, as well as working out how much risk you want to take, is working out how long your time horizons are as well. And Well, I was going to say time is a really important factor because, of course, people saving for retirement, you know, many people now live off the assets they've built up uh, and live, you know, what they're trying to do in yes. the blue sky scenarios, they simply live off the interest. So if you were very, very conservative, such as you alluded to in that, you know, previously there, you could maybe expect a 2% return. Well, if you want a 20 grand a year income, you need a million pound of capital. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That would, seem, that would feel like a crazy amount of money to, 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 to lots of people listening in and, and almost unachievable. Um, you know, we should underline things like the state pension will contribute, and, and you know, quite significantly now. Um, you know, an individual can get up to eight and a half thousand pounds from the, from the state pension, yeah, in broad terms. So, so a valuable contribution, but but actually, that, that's just a bare fact of life. And people will say, okay, well, what, what happens if I don't? If I don't have, you know, a million pound, but I need that £20,000 a year to live on, I, I guess that their options are always just going to be working longer. That, yeah. that, that's, that's certainly something. Or, or I guess they could start to consider taking a little bit more risk. So if someone was to swim further out from the edge of the swimming pool that you alluded to, what, what sort of returns could they perhaps expect there? If, if you're looking if you go somewhere in the middle or let, let's say a five out of ten on the risk scale maybe a six out of ten where you could blend yeah. let's say 60 percent of your portfolio in riskier assets and 40 percent in safer from this starting point you're pro- probably talking five to six percent something of that order mm-hmm. Maybe seven if you want to take a bit of foreign exchange risk and go and invest in overseas markets because some of them are cheaper okay. than our own. Um, so it, it is increasing the expected return. Um, but again, we have to be honest about it. People who, who have saved for retirement have also seen quite a lot of, of life. And the fact of life is that the expected returns in 2020 from this point are lower than they have been. That's just a fact of life, and I've loved to said that you you know you could do a, a you know a you know a nine or a ten percent outlook on your returns, but you can't. It's just you can't. That's the yeah. truth. But if you swim a little bit further out, you can maybe get five, six, seven that kind of return on, on a on a gross basis. And okay, so so the numbers seem small, don't they? That's what always interests me. You know, two to five. Well, you, yeah. you know what difference. 
but actually on a, a capital sum, you know, you, you know, a million pound, that's the difference between getting £20,000 or fifty or £60,000 by way of an annual income. So it's materially different. Yes. Uh, and I think this is a key thing that I find, uh, you know, when people are thinking about their own retirement savings, the level of risk that they take with those retirement savings is of utmost importance um, because it's about what they can sustain. Yes. Um, but, you know, it's materially going to give them a different level of income. That's quite a significant difference, I think. Uh, and the risk of overdrawing your account, of course, is that you will just erode money. And the yep. quicker you erode money, the, the, the less interest you will receive. So yep. it will accelerate over time. And there is a very real risk of people running out of money if, if, yeah. if they're not careful, they don't plan for it. It's a... Time, you reference time as well. That's an important factor, I know. I guess a retirement would um, conceivably be, you know, most people would hope for perhaps 30 years in retirement, something of that nature. Um, you know, what do we think about short-term noise? So, you know, we just had uh, start the pandemic, the coronavirus pandemic, which in February, March was disastrous for the stock market. There's been some recovery, but that's what I would think of as very short-term noise. Yep. Um, if you think of it in the context of your retirement, you know, we would be saying to investors, you, you, you should be expecting and accepting of those ups and downs along the way. What sort of timescale should people be thinking as a minimum for some of these risk-based assets? It's a great question. And, and we and the investment committee at Saltus, there's all we always have there's always this tension um that between what you can see out the front window and what's happening immediately right in front of your face and the time horizons you're running the investment portfolio on. What we try to do is put ourselves three to five years in the future and then look back at what the great investments would be today rather than trying to look at the 10 o'clock news, see what's happening and, you know, be like a little bit like a weather vane, just, you know, following momentum. And it's a, it's, a, yes. it's a discipline that you learn over time, but it's really important because, I mean, maybe you'll give away a few secrets, but fund managers are, are in the industry are not very good short-term managers. They're not great at trading. Um, the, the idea of someone who's in and out in, into the FTSE or the stock market after it's fallen and then sells out at the top and then is back in again, it, it doesn't exist. That, that, yeah. that is... But it's actually too hard. And all the evidence says that most people, vast majority of people can't do it. So if we should focus on what we are good at, which is medium to longer term investment and spotting anomalies and opportunities and play to that timeline. And it's, yeah. it, it's important. And that timeline, of course, ties in with the notion of retirement. As I say, if people are thinking of spending 20 or 30 years in retirement and living off the capital that they've saved, what you're saying is we should be stripping out some of that short-term noise like the coronavirus pandemic and saying objectively over the medium to longer term, depending upon the level of risk that I might take, I could get somewhere, reasonably get somewhere between perhaps two and maybe as much as 6% as a long-term average. I, I, absolutely, that is, that is possible. It's not guaranteed, but yeah, it, it, no. you, there's a reasonable shot at that without you know getting too over enthusiastic. Another thing that I thought actually was pretty important to get across to people is that taking more risk does not necessarily mean after a certain point that you get more return. I mean, the further you swim out in the swimming pool doesn't mean that you get higher and higher returns. So 
it's like the, the more risk that one takes beyond a certain point, you just get more volatility. You don't necessarily end up in a better place. If, if, if we were always taking the most amount of risk, we, you know, we'd have everybody in coffee futures moving up and down you know, 40% in one year and then down 50% in another. And after a period of time, you wonder why you hadn't gone anywhere. So taking more risk is, makes sense. But there is a point beyond which it doesn't make sense. So I would, I would always say to the clients that if, you, if you're trying to get your number of return up, or sorry, that your amount of money up, um, just be really careful about expectations. It's not, it's not true that the more and more risk you take, the more and more money you'll make. Yeah. That, that's why it's sensible. That's why most people tend to be, you know, like a, around about five or six or seven out of 10 on the risk scale rather than a 10 out of 10. Yeah, because there's a there's a natural bell curve, isn't it? I guess if you're out yeah. at that sort of nine ten parameter, uh, you know, actually you might be considered more entrepreneurial and there's sort of people who might be running their own businesses where, of course, returns can be um, yeah. significantly greater than what you could reasonably get from, um, you know, t- traditional investment portfolios, such as you might find in a pension or or, yeah. or ice savings account. But uh, so, David, that that that's that's been really useful. I think. Um, if I was to sort of summarise it, that the main thing is when we're looking at investing and thinking the returns that we can get, the risk-free return is basically nothing. So we're in a position where perhaps we do need to be taking, considering taking some sort of risk. Uh, we should only be considering that money for money that uh, that taking that sort of risk for money that we think that we can invest for the medium to longer term. I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, the returns that we can expect to get might be somewhere between two and six percent. You said it yourself, not guaranteed, but reasonably expect. Uh, depending upon the level of risk that we take. And therefore, thinking about the budget that we might want to be achieving in retirement uh, and those sorts of returns and the level of risk we want to take would dictate how much capital that we need to arrive at when we get to retirement. And if we can piece all that together, we stand a really good chance of, financially at least, uh, achieving sort of success when we approach a retirement age. Is Is that sort of a reasonable summary? That's an excellent summary, Roy. It really is. I mean, I, I suppose I just say that even though it is really unusual times physically and as a society for us, and even though it's even more unusual times in, in stock and bond and asset markets, it's still possible with a, a level head and applying some tried and tested principles to get positive returns that are higher than just leaving your money around. And that means that there's a good, there's still a chance, a good chance of, um, you know, a, a good rationale for investing. So long as you, you do it in a controlled manner and you talk through what your real objectives are and what your your real ability to take a loss is and your real attitude to risk, then a portfolio manager like me can get a, a really good set of instructions and we, we have a good chance of, of deploying that properly. That's brilliant, David. Thanks, uh, thanks very much. I've got three questions for you, uh, which master uh, everyone who's come on the show. So, what one bit of advice? If you're down the pub on a Friday night, oh. what one bit of advice would you provide? Ah, oh, to to a retiree. But no, to anyone in general about life. Oh, about life. Oh, wow. You know, that's a really good question, Roy. Because my my son's just um, finished his finals, and he's he's leaving to join the real world, and you know. 
I was thinking about what I'd say to him um, if you had to give him one bit of advice. And I, I, I would say, don't be afraid. Don't yeah. be afraid of anything. You know, time passes quickly. Just don't, don't be afraid. Don't, don't live with regrets. Just go. Yeah. Forward. Well, we, 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 as a race, I guess. Well, we, yeah. As a, as an animal, I guess we, we prohibit ourselves very much, don't we? So, uh, you know, getting, getting out there and giving something a go is, is, is good advice, I would say. So, uh, Favourite day of the week? Friday. Everyone's gone Friday, Saturday. Has everyone gone Friday? Yeah, yeah it's Friday it's or Saturday. Or some Sunday. I think there might have been a Sunday. In there, no so. one's going to go Monday, are they? <laughs> Probably not. Is that just because it's the end of the week, you can chill out, have a nice glass of wine? I know you like a nice glass of wine, don't you? thought that, that was going to be your advice, actually. That, that, that is exactly it. It's Friday night, nice glass of wine, yeah. Yeah. It's a, and then uh, a funeral song. So it's your funeral. Oh. What one song would you want played? Wow. A funeral song. It's like childhood stuff. What did you listen to? Is it? I, I was a child in <laughs> the 80s. So we had uh, you know, everything from the Smiths to you know, synth pop synth, yeah. uh, to... Uh, people like Prefab Sprite, which is I don't know, an English band. Fleetwood Mac were brilliant. But, oh, Roy, what a question. What I play? <laughs> can I play? Well, can I give a sort of a, a, a slippery answer and just say, look, I'll play like some compilation from the 80s. Yeah. We have everything from Duran Duran to OMD to Fleetwood Mac or Prefab Sprite in it. I'm sure there's a now 80s album you could buy. Maybe you could just play that. I bet you there is. Maybe Spandau Ballet. They were the first group I saw in concert. They were brilliant. Great questions, yeah. Roy. <laughs> David, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks a lot. It's a pleasure. Cheers. So thanks very much for listening today. Uh, hopefully the information there was useful. It really is important to be reviewing the level of risk that you're taking with your investments that you've got planned for your retirement. If you wanted more information on Saltus, they can be found at www.saltus.co.uk. Or, of course, if you wanted to speak to uh, one of our financial advisors, they can be found at carpenterbox.com forward slash wealth. Thanks very much.